Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 10 of the Fourth Wall Filmcast. We're your hosts, Adam Slager, Lloyd Williams, and David Whitmore. Uh, Nick Floyd is not with us today. Nick Floyd is uh, taking a relaxing break. Well, he's not actually. Uh, he is. He's uh, in Nashville. He's investigating uh, and a very exciting new job opportunity uh, that I'm sure he'll talk about when he comes back. But it is amazing because it's to do with TV and entertainment and movies and stuff. So. Uh, our producer David Whitmore is joining yeah. us at the table in replacement of Nick because we thought we can deny our listeners a week of uh, en- uh, entertaining movie talk and whatnot. No, no, again, do it. we've already missed a week. Uh, so, uh, okay. yeah, here we are. So, welcome, David. Thank you. Welcome to the table as opposed to the Yay. booth. Hopefully, you uh, perform. I hope so. Meet yeah. expectations. Uh, so so we'll, we'll stick with the, the usual routine, more or less, and uh, what should we talk about? Well, um, Lloyd, you have some news for everybody. You finally started Breaking Bad. Yeah, this is huge for me, because I've been um, avoiding it for a long time, because you, it, it's, it's always seemed to me to be one of those kind of shows that you've got to commit to before you start and the fact that before I saw it everybody always says that it's up there with kind of the greatest TV series of all time so knowing that it's been sat there for the last few years on Netflix um, as you could probably hear in the tone of my voice I've been a bit ill the last week uh, so I've been at home and I've I decided to commit uh, to start watching Breaking Bad we're proud of you yeah and uh, it, so, it, how many episodes have you watched in the past? In the past thirty-six hours. In the past three days of being sick, I am already. I've blasted through the first two seasons, and I'm now nearly halfway through the third season. How do you feel about it? I feel really good about it. I feel it's it's just great, isn't it? I mean, it's everyone has it been talking about this for so many years. And I've been aware of it the whole time. And I was like, that ah, doesn't really sound like something I'd be into watching a teacher making drugs and stuff and blah 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 but uh but yeah i mean it's great i've got character favorites already and i've you get emotionally involved in it and i'm really excited to see where it goes and the cool thing is that obviously i've got two and a half seasons to go still so uh all of the the crazy shit that you guys keep saying oh it hasn't even happened yet i've i've still yet to come and the cool thing about it is that i have aside from seeing one toy that we brought in for the table of the character Gus Fring um, with half his face missing. Uh, aside from that, <laughs> I was completely spoiler-free. Somehow. Somehow. For, so I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going to happen, aside from the fact that it seems like Gus is going to lose some of the skin on his face at some point. Uh, I don't know where it's going, but it's a great ride so far, and Brian Cranston's incredible in it. And uh, What about our new friend, RJ Mitty, that we met? Well, that was really cool. Yeah. 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 Because, yeah. You met him before you watched the show. Yeah. And he was, and he was such a nice guy. I remember, yeah, I think I'd said this before on the podcast when we were there, we were hanging out at the after show thing and, uh, Jackie introduced RJ to us and I remember having had a couple drinks and basically for a 
probably realistically, if you did a stopwatch on it, for about five minutes, I was just telling RJ Mitty how good his hair was. <laughs> and He's he got was, nice hair. And he was entertaining me like an absolute champ. He was like, thanks, man. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that hair, but, you know, you've got to use product on that hair, surely. And he was like, no, there's no product on it, man. There's no product. And I was like, yeah, but your hair. <laughs> so, so that was kind of cool to see him in action now anyway. But, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm really excited, and obviously I've I've kind of been holed up in in on the couch for the last few days, getting over a bit of man flu. But uh, um, yeah, it's been great. I mean, I don't see any signs of stopping. I'll probably smash out the rest of it. And yeah, it's really, really, really great stuff. Great acting, great cinematography. The good news too, when you do finish it, mm. it's not over because. Better call Season Saul. one of Better right. Call Saul is already finished. So yeah, are they making more of that? Yeah, they yeah. got renewed for I think two more seasons. At you least, know what's so. cool about it is, in a way, it's it's kind of fun that I'm watching it, having heard about things coming along the way and seeing people's people winning awards for it along the way, and you see people's faces and you know who they are, and and then you're kind of expecting them to turn up, and when they do, it's it's quite exciting. Like, um, uh, well, Gus is in it now; he's just turned up. Right, pa- yeah. Polo Loco, Poyo Yoko, whoever it is. Yoko Ono. Oh, Yo- Poyos Hermanos. Poyos Hermanos, yeah. There you go. And um, who else has just turned up? Uh, the guy who, who I guess, takes care of like the dead bodies or whatever? Like, who's he, the, the bald guy who kind of Mike? Looks, oh, yeah, Mike. Mike, right? Great character. Yeah, yeah he's, he's he, like when Jesse's girlfriend OD'd, he just turned up and I was like, oh, I know that guy. He's from something cool. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah. Who else? Oh, Hank. Saul just and showed Saul, up. Saul just showed up. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's been in it for... He came in at the end of the second season, so he's been in it for a while. He's a really great character. Right. I thought he was going to be like this pushover little scumbag character, but he's not no. at all. He's like, I'm the Mac Daddy and I know everything about law and this is what you should do. He gets things done. Yeah, but no, that's really, really cool. It's, I mean, I'm loving it. It's great. I've kind of figured that I would, but I was told, even by you, Right. you said that the first season was a bit of a drag. And the fact that the first season is only seven episodes, uh, I got I got through it really quickly. I really enjoyed the character development in the first season. So yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Season two kind of had a couple of slow episodes, but yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's. Yeah, I'm kind of just rubbing, it, rubbing it my hands. It is what it is. Yeah, excited to see where it goes. Yeah, and that brings me to a discussion question that mm. I thought I would bring up: Is there any movie that, according to others, is essential, must see, have to watch, that you either finally just got around to seeing or have never seen because for me there are uh, quite a few yeah um like example like i've never seen the princess bride for, <laughs> well, but i've never seen i heard that. i hear all the time from girls yeah from everybody really yeah or like um david has never seen inception yeah i've never seen it really never. or pulp fiction or pulp fiction wow so is there anything like that that you either just got around to seeing or never saw? Well, it's a good question. I've I've considered myself a bit of a, a fan of film for a very long time. Um, yeah. And I've got a few years on you kids, so uh, I've, I'd like to think that I've seen everything as far as I can... <laughs> every I, film. No, every, as, you every, know, every, as, all the essentials. Well, when you get... I mean, magazines do it all the, t- all the time and and it's kind of like top ten films of all time and you try and make sure that you've seen things that other people consider important or that critically heralded and stuff. Right. I, I suppose right. I've slowed down a bit over the last few years, but... Well, like, for me, 
um, in probably 2012, I bought a projector mm-hmm. and like a screen. And I did that and I was like, all right, I need to get some movies. So I kind of did that. I got all the classics that people, like I watched Alien for the first time and I watched Titanic and just all these <laughs> movies that I had missed. Yeah. And Memento and like all those ones, all the uh, Quentin Tarantino films. I watched a bunch of those. Yeah. I got caught up. That's so a smart thing to do. I need to do another round of that because I've learned some new ones. So like what, the, what are the new ones? I would say the old Terminator I yeah. hadn't really seen. The original Terminator. The original. But you'd, you'd seen Terminator 2. No, I'd never seen any of them. What? Bef- what before like, before Genesis. Genesis yeah. is the first oh. one I really sat down and watched in full. So wow. I need to do Terminator. I want to see Alien vs. Predator. That's not a critically... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to see it. Like, I just, um, maybe three weeks ago, Jurassic Park mm. really gave it, like, a full watch besides, like, you know, being six. Yeah, I was fairly shocked about that. So, yeah, I think maybe it'll do me good to sit down and watch some of those, you know, classics that I may have missed. I will I will come over and watch some of those with you. We'll, we'll get, have bust to... Bust out some popcorn and, yeah, I mean, it's always good watching films like that again. Number one and if we you've need to not do is seen it, I Inception mean... for David. yeah. I still never seen. Well, it. You've, you've not seen Terminator One or Two either, have you? No. Nope. Well, that's straight away. That's a that's a great night right there. One into two, it's so good. But I still don't know what happens in Inception. And, yeah, that's the <laughs> well, thing. That's, that's a good thing. If you haven't had Inception spoiled for you at this point, people who have seen Inception still don't know what's going on. In that film. <laughs> so, and he hasn't seen Interstellar. Or Interstellar. Yeah. I haven't really been. Doing, I mean, yeah. seen a lot of movies between Inception and Interstellar. I think Inception is the one you see first. Well, yeah, definitely. But did you see Avatar? Yes, I saw Avatar okay. in theaters. I'll tell you what, Avatar, <laughs> the story could be whatever, anything like that. But seeing that in IMAX 3D the first time, that was something. The world they built and stuff. So yeah. if you haven't seen Avatar, get a really, just borrow the biggest TV of any of your friends and sit really close and watch it. It's good. That probably does have an effect on it, actually, because the first time I saw Avatar, I think it was on TV, yeah. and it was just like, eh, fine, whatever. It, it was impressive, but also at the same time, it's whatever. It still kind of blows my mind that it's the number one gross, grossing movie of all time. If you saw it in IMAX, yeah, 3D, the, the way that I did, it felt like you were there. Mm. Uh, the best thing about it was the camera angles were all so low. Normally in a movie like that, everything's coming from eight feet, ten feet in the air on a crane. Mm. But everything, like when they're crouching through the woods, the camera's like two feet off the ground. You feel like you're there. Yeah, I kind of recall some of that. Yeah, it's good stuff. I'll give that another go in a in a little while. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we should bust that avatar on the projector as well. (laughs) We should. Is it HD projector? Uh, seven twenty, but it's pretty big. I mean, it's a projector. It's It's not pixels on a screen. It's a little different. Okay, but all right, it's definitely pretty good. It's a nice projector. <laughs> it's um, Optoma or something like that. Okay. But yeah, so that's... Um, that is a good question. I mean, probably one to think about a bit as well. I'd, I'd, oh, you know what? Blade Runner. You haven't seen Blade Runner? I haven't Runner? seen Blade Runner. <sighs> I need yeah. to see that. Great movie. And if I really think about it, Back to the Future, I haven't really given a proper oh, viewing God. either. And Indiana Jones? Does that? I've seen I've seen it, Indiana but I was Jones like ones. six. Okay. Giving those a proper watch, yeah, would be good. Okay, even honestly, the original Star Wars trilogy, yeah, I could use a rewatch of those. Well, there's yeah, you, everyone should do that every day. <laughs> yeah, but that uh, that's some just interesting stuff I've never 
It is. Anything else stand out for you, Dave? Where you're like, oh. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of movies I haven't seen, so yeah, the list would be pretty long. You should write them down every time you think of one, then we can add it to the the catch up list. I'd run out of room. Yeah, you probably would. <laughs> I would need to take a couple weeks off. Well, yeah. what we should I tell you what we should do is we should bring up like uh, I don't know like Empire always do quite a good one or like uh, some of the the big uh, ones over here whatever like whenever they do top 10 films you have to see before you die or something you, we, we should, should just go, watch them all should look at that list and then go through them yeah yeah be some good ones in there. there'll be some all? shit that you don't want to see as well that you're not really bothered about but yeah well like I haven't seen Casablanca or Gone with the Wind but I feel like at this point is it really like um, have you seen those probably I mean yeah I've seen both of them but I mean like in terms of what's relevant to you and your personality now i don't know if those are the kind of films that actually do make it into the t- into the top top 10 probably the only one that i could think of aside of like a bunch that was made in the 70s and the 80s like apocalypse now is always in there and mm-hmm. um it would be i've lost my chain of thought but uh yeah <laughs> i was <laughs> like i was, old, no, old uh, I'll tell you what the uh, citizen kane Oh, oh I, Citizen I Kane that. is is frequently like rated as the, the best film the of all time. Yeah, yeah, I watched that. I haven't seen in that. High it's, school. I mean, it's yeah, it's just kind of a bit of a bizarre. Like I definitely watched it a long, maybe about ten, fifteen years ago. Now it was the first time I saw that, and I was and I watched it for the very reason that it was always at the top of these movies that you have to see this. And I saw it, and I was like, what? Really? I mean, fine, okay, but. So they don't all kind of shout out at you from the list, but it'll be more like ones that we've maybe heard of right. that you know that you haven't seen. It's like, yeah, we should do that. Right, well, we'll have to do yeah. that soon. We should do that. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so some movie news. Mm. Figure we should talk about that. Uh, Tom Cruise. This is awesome. He said that he is down for Top Gun 2 as long as they don't use any CGI. Uh, CGI aeroplanes, obviously. Well, as in, you know, he's flying just to clarify. Planes. Yeah. That'd be cool. Now, Tom Cruise, some people think he's crazy. Like, he is. I mean, I know you do, but I mean, regardless of what he does in his personal life and all that kind of stuff, the guy is still always super fun to watch when he's on camera. Oh, for sure. Uh, and this is really cool because obviously I think we're probably going to go see the new Mission Impossible film and talk about that next week. But that I, this is my favorite bit of news, movie news, the whole, like, because he's... <laughs> I'll do Top Gun, but only if it's real aeroplanes. <laughs> I'm flying it. I feel like he and we do it properly. And and what did he say? Like if we get the the okay from the 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 Air Force and to use their planes and blah blah blah, <laughs> and, which is great. Like he would be a great spokesman for GoPro. He would. Yeah. <laughs> you just give him ten GoPros yeah. and go make a commercial. He'd come up with something crazy. Well, the thing I, I don't think people realize that he, over the last few f- movies that he's done, any stunt that's been insanely crazy, he's actually done. Done, yeah. Well, I feel like he's one of the best stuntmen yeah. of our generation. Obviously, everything even... is crazy safe, and they remove wires and cables and safety stuff after. But the fact, I mean, we've seen the trailer for the new Mission Impossible. He's hanging on the door of an airplane that's taken off. And our culture and our brains would instantly go well that's either cgi or fake or that's a stuntman and they put no there's that's already a feature out there where it shows you uh, he did that and in the previous mission impossible film he where he's building from uh, uh, the burj khalifa the tallest building in the world in dubai he's actually swinging around on outside it 
His insurance. I mean, yeah. must be so expensive. I'm yeah. sure he can cover it. Yeah. So he's he's crazy, but like in a totally good way. And I, yeah. I think he's just really good to watch in every movie. So I heard he's considering leaving Scientology. Personal life, don't know. Yeah. Well, Wait, he said he wants right. to be closer to his um, his daughter. I think. And she what thinks and, he's crazy or something? Yeah. So right. That's uh, something I, I don't blame him. Yeah. Well, you ever see him jumping on the couch? On yeah, Oprah, I saw that a long stuff time like ago. that. I mean, yeah. the thing for me is Tom Cruise is a great actor, obviously, but I can't not just see him as Tom Cruise. Like some actors disappear into the character. Yeah, like Daniel Day Lewis is like known for that, you know, or yeah. Gary Oldman or whoever. And then you got Tom Cruise. Literally, it's just, oh, Tom Cruise is here. <laughs> you know, he busts in the door. Oh, that's Tom Cruise. Yeah, I. I mean, I guess so, but it never—it's never gotten in the way of watching something that he's in. I've never been. But like, in Tropic oh, Thunder, Tom Cruise. that's Tom Cruise at the end, right? Yeah, he's amazing. He's like Can, the best thing. I didn't about know that was him with the bald head and the the big fake arms and stuff. Yeah, yeah that's the one time that he doesn't just be Tom Cruise yeah, on the screen. Yeah, I feel like when people write a movie for Tom Cruise. They don't even do auditions. They're just like, Tom Cruise is this guy. Well, he writes... Obviously. I mean, he's his own production company now, and he's kind of taken over everything that he's in anyway, so... But either way, I'm excited to see that new Mission cool Impossible, news. and I'll happily go see Top Gun, too, if <laughs> he's flying an airplane <laughs> for real in it. Yeah, um, some other exciting news. Uh, Warner Brothers <coughs> filed new trademarks for Space Jam. So um, apparently LeBron James is going to be in it. Mm. This has been in the rumor mill for a while. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. I know Space Jam is definitely one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. I uh, love, love sports movies in general. So for me, that'll be cool. LeBron got to practice acting for uh, Amy Schumer's Trainwreck. Yeah. So maybe that was just his warm-up for Space Jam too. Do you Wait. think Bill Murray's going to be in it? Was he in the first one? Yeah. Yeah. He him was. and Larry Bird. Larry Bird was in it. Charles Barkley. Yeah. I, Michael I, Jordan. I saw it once when I, I think Space Jam was bigger over here than it was in England. I saw great it once. Film. I don't really great. remember. They play it on VH1 all the time now. Yeah. So, is, so you can is, catch a, is that a one of the classics that I should rewatch? Yeah. We watch on the projector. I, honestly, know? yes. I watched it uh, maybe two months ago. It's definitely the 90s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very 90s. Um, but it's a good movie. Uh, funny uh, thing I saw about it is, I don't know if you remember, Michael Jordan, he plays against the Monstars. Yeah. And there was one guy that was like, trade rumor, LeBron James, uh, looking to join Monstars to increase championship <laughs> percentage or something like that. thought that was funny, making fun of him going to Miami to win rings. But... Hey, sports jokes. Yeah. Lloyd's sports. over here. No, I do actually get that one. Well, that's good. <laughs> I thought that you were saying that that was when the original movie came out. They were talking about him. No, like, no. Uh, no, no, he I was still so. a baby. Yeah. Well, but, that's well. Now, now he's going to be in the sequel. Yeah. So that'll be good. I mean, he was pretty good in Trainwreck. I saw that. Which you saw. Um, For some reason, you think? I'm getting funny looks from yeah. the rest of the film cast. But no, <laughs> Trainwreck, worth seeing. Yes. Um. Mainly for LeBron, I feel like. He was really funny. Amy Schumer was good. It just had the typical rom-com. Like, the first half is really funny, and then the second half is really sad, and the jokes go away. But you don't really care about the serious stuff because the first half of the movie didn't really set it up Hmm. because they're just funny. And then at the you know, it's boy meets girl, boy and girl break up, and they try to get each other back at the end. Hmm. But 
yeah, go see it. I mean, it's a good date movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Trainwreck, decent film. Probably not going to go see it. Yeah. Bill, is Bill Hader good in it? Because, I mean, I love him on SNL, but he obviously left like two seasons ago. Is, is he good? I mean, he was better than his... He's like the male lead, better right? than his TV commercials for uh, T-Mobile. <laughs> right, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a step up from that. Yeah. But still a step down from SNL, I think. He His job wasn't really to be funny in that movie. That's no. the weird part. He was like the romantic boyfriend. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's worthwhile, but if you want to save your 10 bucks, yeah. Well, go see yeah. Ant-Man again. Yeah, now that now you're talking. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'll go and, see Ant-Man. Uh, I do want to go see Ant-Man again, actually. Hit me up. It was yep. good. So, some other news. Futurama has been picked up by Netflix. What? So, new episodes I didn't coming. Know that. Yeah. Really? 2016, there'll be a new season of Futurama. I'm not sure how I mean, how, does anyone care anymore? Like I remember when it got canceled and then all the fans went, "No." And then that was one of the rare times that Fox actually said, "Oh, all the fans want another season of this." So they brought it back. And then they did another two yeah. seasons. And then everyone was like, "Okay, when it ended." Yeah. But now it's back again. Huh. I think it's one of those things where it'll be kind of like Family Guy or The Simpsons where or that's what people wanted it to be where it would just have like 30 seasons and never mm, get canceled never end. but who knows I'm not sure that's, I don't know Futurama I really enjoyed the first few seasons but after that because it had so many clever ideas it's quotable yeah and the characters are great And but yeah I definitely stopped watching that after a while Yeah. so I don't really know how I feel about that really never seen it it might as well live on Netflix yeah I mean it if they want to, I mean, the, the thing about Netflix that I like is it doesn't have to be a huge hit. Yeah. You know, it's up there. People are subscribing. So there's not like, I don't know what the metrics would be for something like that to be considered successful, but it doesn't have to be. Well, they, they, I, they're not selling ad space. It means and, that they have to put the money into making it, though, if it's a Netflix exclusive. Right. So they are actually financed like Daredevil. They, they financed it in conjunction with Marvel, obviously, so that was a really big deal for them, and that went down really well. And every Netflix-exclusive thing that they do is good, like, does well to a certain degree. How well, though? Uh, uh, like, how do you know? Because I feel like people just like it, and it's on Netflix. Well, it's... It's, You're, it's not selling copies or... Getting, no. It gets views, though. It's, yeah. Yeah, and I read somewhere that they don't ever uh, disclose what the highest-rated stuff is on Netflix. Which is, I think, smart. It is smart, yeah. Because if it's if it's something comes out that isn't getting rated well, right, it might need some word of mouth or something. But there was a leak after Daredevil, and somebody said that even though they're not allowed to say about how, it, this might be the other way around actually. Um, it might be it's like they're they're not allowed to show the uh, the ratings, but they're allowed to show how many views, like you know how many people have clicked on it to watch the first episode or whatever, right. I mean, One of those things. Well, they show the user ratings. Out of five, yeah, yeah, the user ratings, but not like, you know, searchable on the internet or anything. Right. What is, like how many yeah. people watched Daredevil. Yeah. But I think that's good. Yeah. It kind of cuts out on the virality of certain things mm. where it's like it's a library and that's kind of what it should be, you know? That is true, yeah. yeah. And so, like, when people talk about it a bunch, then they go find it. Right. That what That is what worked really well with Daredevil. Well, the thing about Netflix, too, is they're starting to test kind of their first ads so when you watch a netflix original it'll have a little ad for another netflix original oh. at the beginning hmm. so they're kind of using each series to cross promote have you seen that in action yet not yet but no, i heard I've they're doing that. some tests on it mm -hmm. and 
Also, the be- I think the the best thing Netflix has going for its own stuff is the distributor is the creator is the network. So when you go to Netflix, there's a little like if you're on an Xbox or an Apple TV, it has the different categories. One of them is Netflix originals now, mm-hmm. and so you can see all the things that are up there. And it's like the first category when you log in. Right. So you know they can push. Yeah. Maybe get people to watch Futurama that had never heard of it. Yeah, and they'll, true. I bet you they'll have all the previous seasons mm. ahead of it. Well, so they, you can watch the whole thing. Like when they did Arrested Development. already on that. Right. Yeah. So you can watch season one all the way up to now and then the new ones when it comes out. Right. Makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, it does. Definitely. So that's some cool uh, Futurama fans rejoice. Tell you, the, annoy- the thing that annoys me about Netflix, you know when you can put something in your queue? Right. right. You know, if you do like add to my list. Mm-hmm. And then you never get around to it because you keep adding. And then when you want to, it's been it's taken. Gone. Yeah. They need to put a countdown they do. on your list. Yeah, this they has do. six weeks left. Or you see, like on Facebook or something, you log in and it will say, this is what's leaving and this is what's joining Netflix right. in August. Integrate yeah, that. Like nice. there, there does need to be something like that on there. Yeah. But they, but they all, at the same time, they're not going to show that they're losing things. Because right. people get mad. Yeah, exactly. So it's a double-edged sword. But it would be good to know, really. <laughs> Maybe an extension. Yeah, and like coming soon and all that kind of stuff. Coming soon would be nice. nice. So yeah. you don't buy the the Blu-ray on accident. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, some other news. Uh, Sony has plans to make an emoji movie. Is this true? It's being reported by The Guardian. Mm. Uh, will the emoji movie be heart eyes or not happy face or monkey with... It's hands over eyes. I can't really talk in emoji. Yeah. But that yeah, makes that's the headline. Um, so they're using the Lego movie success as kind of a, like, see, we can make a movie about just a silly little thing. And then, so emojis are next up. The guy who directed uh, the second Kung Fu Panda movie is going to, no, hold on, not the Kung Fu Panda movie, it's a short film that accompanied the DVD release. That's who's directing it. Awesome. Huh. So, so that would be straight to yeah. Netflix, maybe then. <laughs> straight yeah. to DVD So that's release. some interesting news. Um, I mean, to, for them to expect that they could do something because Lego did... I mean, Lego is very globally different. enormous and crazy successful. So are emojis, but emojis is just a smiley on your phone. Yeah, you don't yeah. buy them. You don't buy them. an emoji. Yeah. Oh, I, I got the new feel like it's a different market. Transformer emoji. I didn't even know what emojis were until not a long time ago. They weren't a thing <laughs> until not long ago. I mean, I don't yeah. even use them. Yeah. Well, but, that's definitely going to be aimed at the kids, isn't it? Let's yeah. be honest. It has to be. Yeah, so that's interesting. Do I kids if have get phones in... and use emojis? Yeah, my brother's had a phone since he was like nine. What? Yeah. Is that everybody, though? Yeah. Oh, I picked him up from school, and all the kids were like emoji in each wow. other. I got my phone Snapchat. sophomore year of high school. Hmm. Wow. I mean, I got mine when I was 10, but it was like the walkie-talkie Nextel. Yeah, you were one of the first. <laughs> yeah. Also... Ahead of the time. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Here's something interesting. Um, so Inside Out has come out now around the whole world. It came mm. out in America first. And in Japan, uh, broccoli is very popular. So when they show the baby, they try to feed her the food, yeah, and they give her a bowl of broccoli. Yeah, in Japan, uh, they use green bell peppers for that scene because kids in Japan love broccoli. 
No, no, oh. they like green bell peppers. And they don't like bell peppers. Oh, so, so that's a cultural thing that they do. Yeah, and in England, when the dad is daydreaming about sports, yeah, it's hockey here, but in England, he's watching a football match. Oh, he's watching ah. some uh, some old footy. Oh, okay, <laughs> kicking the old football. Interesting. That round because they've they've done that's kind of cool. I didn't. I mean, it's to be expected that they're going to be doing it in the new one, but they've done it in lots of other Pixar movies. Right, change already things changed things. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Like with Captain America, you know that when in the Winter Soldier, which you've not seen, right? Correct. No. You've not seen that either. Put it on the list. Jeez. Yeah, we need to see. I started either way, watching it. Good example. Anyway, he's he's having a chat to a guy because he's been frozen for so many years. He's having a chat to uh, Fal- uh, Falcon. And uh, he's saying what he needs to catch up on. So he gets out a piece of paper, and on it you can see oh, this yeah, like a list of things that like it says like the Beatles and the Nirvana. moon landing, Nirvana, and that changed in in different territories around the world as well to be relevant for that. So that's kind of cool that they do that. That's Makes cool. sense. Little tidbit. Yeah, that's kind of a fun fact. Yeah. Another fun fact. Um, in two thousand four, this is just uh, like a today I learned type thing. Yeah. Roger Ebert uh, was quoted saying that National Treasure was so silly that the Monty Python version could use the same screenplay line by line. I just thought that was kind of funny <laughs> since we've been talking about National Treasure really? on what seems like every episode <laughs> it comes up. So Great movie. Away. I thought that was a funny review. Great movie. Kind of cracked me up. Great movie. Didn't they do a second one? They did. Was it as good? It wasn't as good, but it was a great movie. Well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there you go. I think we still had covered... Nicolas Cage in it. Helen Mirren was in Nick it. Cage. And instead of it being, uh, hang on, he was the, instead of it being she, Sean Bean as the bad guy, it's Ed Harris. And Ed Harris is, I mean, there you go. Just great. So what do they find? It was like The Rock. Have you ever seen The Rock? Have you seen The Rock? No. The Rock. With Nicolas Cage in it no. and Sean Connery. No. Oh, my God, you fucking... Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's top of the list. All right. Screw Terminator. We're watching The Rock before all of that. Sounds right. good to me. That was Nicolas Cage teaming up with Sean Connery to break into Alcatraz to stop uh, chemical warfare from happening, which Ed Harris was going to blow up in the skies over San Francisco, killing everybody in San Francisco. Wow. It's an amazing film. Have you seen Con Con Air? I've heard of it. Nope. It's where he's on an airplane and he has longer hair. Yes. And then he has a hair dryer. Yeah. He blow dries his hair. No. And he has nice combs and hairspray. Oh, that's Conair, like the brand of. Never mind. Wow. <laughs> I saw Ghost Rider. Okay, that's fine. The first one. He's in that. He is the Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> it's and funny because he well. rides not a ghost, but a motorcycle. I tell you, one of these episodes, we'll do like a 0.5, like it'll be like episode 12.5, and I'll just make <laughs> you press record and leave, and I will sit here on my own, literally talking about Nicolas Cage films and how good they all are <laughs> and how good, good Nicolas Cage is. And well, what are you what doing show tomorrow? Because we can do that, Yeah, <laughs> you know, 10.5 tomorrow. Let's see, if, if anybody is down to listen to me talk about Nick Cage, then, uh, yeah, maybe we can uh, make that happen. Yeah, we could do that, perhaps. So anyway, I don't know how we got into that. Oh, you're talking about National Treasure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's all the movie news that I came up with. Uh, uh, I think we pretty much covered it all, right? I think we did. Like, that I know. Of. I think some new photos came out from some of the new Marvel stuff that's happening in DC, but nothing crazy, nothing that we've not seen before. The official Deadpool trailer is supposed to be coming out very soon. They just released a couple more HD uh, screenshots from it, but uh, 
like officially so the deadpool trailer the one from comic-con or at least a different version of it should be coming out soon for the general public um i'm excited yeah, yeah that's february next year that's coming out wow i'm still just kind of like and they they released more batman v superman pictures as well that's not out till march next year right that's nearly well it's just under a year i st- I, I mean i said it last year i just i don't, don't get why they're releasing so much stuff so early Get the hype up. Well, there's I there's guess. hype, and then there's too much, and then it's like, all right, why? Well, I still got to wait. The whole movie out. Yeah, you might as well. Yeah, I mean, either I way, mean, anyway. everyone already knows about it. Everyone yeah. already knows about it. Yeah, they need to do something spectacular before all that stuff happens. But okay. yeah, you, I think you've nailed most of it there. Yeah, yeah. It's kind Perfect. of a slow news week, you know, with Comic Con being yeah, that's true. Over last week. Yeah, I mean, they kind of cover everything uh-huh. there. That if your announcement is a week after Comic Con. Well, yeah. you missed the boat. You did. That's just a fact. Uh, oh, what about oh, what about the the uh, fact that pixels, pixels did so bad? Yeah, it's got the lowest. I think tomato meter reading is probably right around zero at this point. Do you not feel like some people just jump on the bandwagon and they go, "Yeah, everyone's saying that movie shit." So basically, I'm sure. You know, like maybe it's all right, even mm. though every single review I've seen has been that it's complete and utter rubbish. And the worst thing, good. that, and then you see these articles saying, "Oh, what's what's gone wrong with Adam Sandler's career? He used to be so funny back when he made well, I'll the Wedding you why. Singer." I'll and tell you blah, why. Blah, blah. I haven't read any of those articles, but I'll tell you the reason is now he's in control of everything, and it turns out he's not actually that funny. Or if he is, he's out of ideas. Like back then, yeah. he was like a part of it, but now it's like, hey. Adam Sandler wrote, came up with, produced, directed, acted in this movie, and it's a big pile of garbage. Well, guess what that is? It's Adam Sandler. Yeah. it's. I think it's a shame because he's been in some really good stuff. Like yeah, but did he write stuff. and direct it? Did he direct anyone? I don't know if he directed I don't think it, he directed but it's it under his production company. Happy Madison. Well, yeah. it's just if you give someone that's a decent comedic actor all the money in the world and they decide they're going to make all the movies from scratch you actually get to see how good they really are on their own. Well, the thing is, the thing that makes me wonder about this film is because he, they obviously got licenses to use a whole bunch of video game stuff. Yeah. Like, how... They, something must be must have gone catastrophically wrong with the storyline or whatever to make something where you've got official licenses to use things like Donkey Kong, Pac-Man, or, and Space Invaders, and for it to be that bad, as people are saying. Something has to be... Well, they probably just didn't come up with a very good story. They were probably just like, hey, we can make a movie with all these characters. That'll be so cool, and we'll make all this money because everyone wants to see Pac-Man. It just has to be really bad, doesn't it? Because even Peter Dinklage is in it, and he's riding off the back of Game of Thrones success, and it's it's just a bit bizarre that it's been trashed so much, even though everyone's kind of seen it coming. Well, you know what what the real thing is? Wreck-It Ralph probably did it right yeah. but they didn't use any all the things in that were mostly made up um for the storyline they were but i mean sonic uh, they used and stuff a bunch were in of... it a little but they, like wreck it ralph is kind of the you know good versus bad like pixels is probably trash compared to wreck it ralph but then you know that the story is different anyway because pixels is about aliens no i know but i'm saying blah, blah, if blah, blah. someone watched wreck it ralph they could go oh you know it'd be great yeah as if we made a movie that used all those little cameo characters that were in wreck it ralph yeah that yeah. is a good window into making some money yeah i'm not saying like they directly copied wreck it ralph but wreck it ralph already did the good version of that movie yeah 
So the only version left is pixels. to do something bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I still don't. I mean, it's fair enough. I've not seen anything that Adam Sandler's been in a little while. I, if I want to see any of that, I'll still go back and watch Wedding Singer and Fifty First Dates and um, Bedtime, Billy Madison and Bedtime or, Stories wasn't the worst movie I've ever seen. Didn't see it. Um, Which one is that? It's where he like has some stepkid kind of things. I don't know. Um, <laughs> just go with it. Perfect. Just go with it was kind of funny, <clears throat> but overall, yeah, he's just kind of poop in the bed lately <laughs> well hopefully he makes a comeback again maybe you can't win them all i feel like you can't win them all. i feel like to be honest even if he did make a really good movie everyone would go into it with such an attitude about it maybe it, people would say it was bad anyway like you were saying yeah like what if he made a really funny movie and yeah. still exactly yeah and people are just on the back and say oh it's really crap even though I feel it like might he could step good. back and just kind of yeah make people miss him yeah well jack and jill it's kind of been uh, given the title of the worst movie probably ever made. He I'm glad I never saw that. He I won the Raspberry, like the Razzie, worst yeah. worst male and female <laughs> lead <laughs> actor because he played both. So good for him. I just That's I impressive. saw this uh, this this photograph or something that he was um, he was in New York outside of a hotel where I guess he was staying. Adam Sandler and he was caught um, on camera like having a chat to Paul Rudd. Yeah, and it was like a few days ago, and <laughs> and they were saying, "Oh, I wonder what they're talking about." It's like Paul Rudd's in Ant Man, which is like number one three weeks in a row now, and then Adam Sandler's there. Do you think Paul Rudd is just like, "Don't oh, worry, hey, man. Adam, good like, to see you. Yeah, it'll be okay. Like, hit me you up. Know, yeah, you got a script. Yeah, need yeah. Yeah. yeah, poor guy. Anyway, yeah, we decided obviously didn't we not to go and pay money to see that. So I'll red yeah. box it. Well, maybe or maybe. Netflix it or no. I don't think Netflix is going to pay to <laughs> show that. I don't know. Maybe they've got some pretty horrible shit on Netflix. So. That's true. All right. Well, all right. Drum roll, please. Um, so about six years ago, we decided we wanted to do a conspiracy episode. <laughs> six years. And um, things have happened where uh, it hasn't panned out. There's been a conspiracy about it. Um, but it's finally here. We keep getting visits <laughs> yeah. from the government. So, conspiracy theory movie episode number 10 starts now. Well, here goes <laughs> nothing. Uh, so, Lloyd and I decided a while back that we wanted to do an episode about conspiracy theories. Yeah. And in turn, we watched about 100 hours of <laughs> conspiracy theory yeah, documentaries. We did. And films. Not including things that we'd seen Prior to our lives as well along the way that made it such an interesting But uh, some that we watched just recently was uh, John F. Kennedy's Smoking Gun, mm. a great one about the that Kennedy assassination. Yep. Uh, Sirius about aliens and the government and that little six-inch alien. Kind of weird. Kind of yep. weird. Uh, TWA Flight 800. Yeah. About uh, the plane that got shot down. Uh, or did it. Around New York. Yeah. But uh, the CIA covered up the shooting down event. Uh, we watched Loose Change 9 11 uh, about, you know, 9 11 mm -hmm. being a uh, cover up for the US government. We watched uh, Paul McCartney Really Is Dead, a personal Great favorite one. of mine about the death of Sir Paul McCartney in 1966 and the subsequent cover up <laughs> by the British <laughs> Intelligence Agency. Um, what AKA else? garbage. 
we no, watched. That one's the that's best all, one. <laughs> is that all that we had watched? We I feel like there were so many more. And then uh, before that, we did watch the the new Pearl Harbor one as well. Yeah, like, the new Pearl Harbor. I saw that a long time ago. That's like the five hour long one about nine eleven as well. Right. So, what was? I guess we'll start off. What was the best? What was the craziest, most believable or most unbelievable one? Um, I had never seen the TWA Flight Eight Hundred. Yeah. And Which that, is on Netflix, right? That now. is on Netflix. So mm-hmm. go watch it. But the the short story of that is a plane going to France took off from I believe New York, mm-hmm. got out over the coast, and then a lot of witnesses say they saw a like a firework type missile looking thing shoot out of the ocean, hit the plane, it explodes. Uh, so the government agencies collect the whole plane, put it in a warehouse, and then all the reports are coming out. And the CIA and the FAA and all the government bodies basically say, no, there was no missile. It exploded from the fuel tank. Yeah, like a short short in the wing, in the wiring. And all the witnesses are saying, no, it didn't. Mm -hmm. There was something that shot it out of the air. Yeah. And it's basically about how the government tried to pretend that it didn't get shot down. So there's no video footage of it actually happening, which is the kind of crazy part. Uh, what do you think about when that documentary? Um, was, was that like in the 90s? Yeah, late yeah. 90s. Um, so I thought that was a good one, mainly because it wasn't super out there. Yeah, you know? it's not at all, yeah. It's like a pretty grounded, they have a lot of people that witnessed it, um, which kind of contrasts Sirius, which mm. I think was the most out there Yeah, that we watched, which if you don't know, that one basically is about how there's aliens and UFOs, and these scientists think that we can communicate them by using our global consciousness. You think about aliens, and they'll come visit you. And that yeah. one's pretty out there. Pretty, But also there's an element of that that's about um, the fact that uh, they're not saying that the governments are covering up any kind of crazy stuff, but they're saying that they're hiding information about uh, certain UFOs things, but nothing, like, crazy. Well, yeah. we watched that one together. What, yeah. did, what did you think of it? I mean, it was kind of a bit rubbish, really. I mean, it tries to sell you to click the play button on Netflix by showing you this this little this little Six inch skeleton, alien. this kind of mummified skeleton of an, an alien and, uh, that they found in the desert in Africa somewhere that got sold to a private buyer. And I think it was Chile. Yeah, they found it. I thought it was South America. Oh, yeah, was it, it was okay. Chile. Either way, found in the sand or something like that, and and then what it it kind of it. It kind of pretends to be a, a documentary about that, but it's not really. And it's actually just about this one guy who's who at first seems really normal. And then as the documentary goes along, you, you kind of realise that he's actually more or less the head of like a hippie bunch of people who are kind of like, oh, aliens, come hang out. And... Well, they get in a circle yeah. in the desert with chairs. Yeah. And they have this way they think where they envision... Like the whole galaxy, and then they like zoom in further and further until it's them in their chair, mm. and they think that the aliens can tap into the consciousness of them and <laughs> see that and follow them there. And then they film the sky, and there's like some UFO looking things. I don't know what I think about that one. I think it's a hard sell though. If you really believe that and you want to make a movie about it, it's so hard to actually. Show me. You can't. Yeah, you can't use the the way that 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 documentary was made to sell that story. You're absolutely right because there are elements of a kind of cultishness. It's a, it's a, and a you had to be there. 
Yeah. If you took me out in that desert, maybe I would believe that was happening. Maybe I would think it was a plane. But it's not a fact-based documentary. That's the problem. Right. If you want to, if you want to sell people and make people believe in aliens and UFOs, that film is not the way to do it no. at all. Um, more than anything, uh, it's the it, it, it's. It's that little alien mummified skeleton that they found. Right. With that, where at the end they go, well, it's real, and we don't 100% know what we is, what know what it is, but we think that it's probably something weird from a human. Right. So it kind of keeps you going along, and you're thinking, oh wow, these scientists at universities and blah blah blah, this is a real thing. It looks really weird. It kind of looks like an alien, but in the end, it's more or less proven that it's not even though the dna blah 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 they couldn't find a bunch of it but the the fact is that the story throughout that documentary follows a bunch of people who are who aren't professionals who aren't scientists who aren't trusted people who have an opinion on alien activity that you would have any reason to believe see and the that's best, my problem the best that. i've seen about aliens is when astronauts that have actually been to the moon We'll talk about it, or Air Force pilots, yeah, or NASA employees. I think those are the people. When I hear their story, I'm like, wow, that's crazy. You know, I've seen some stuff about like video footage from um, inside the Apollo, uh, like rockets, where they've shown how uh, footage is going, and then it'll cut to like a minute later, Mm. and you'll see like the jump in where the earth is and stuff like that. And they're cutting out pieces of it. And they're saying, why did they cut out these pieces? And the astronauts are like, yeah, I saw all these weird things when I was in space, but they told me not to talk about them. So I can't, all that stuff is cool. Yeah. And then you've got this, like what the guy, the main guy was what a doctor. He wasn't really a science. He started off as a doctor, he was a doctor. and then he decided to get out of it to and, and chase aliens and alien stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was interesting, worth watching, eh, eh. if you've got the free time. But Yeah, I mean, it, it was filmed well, it looked good, it was one of those very modern-style documentaries. I mean, it where... was funded on Kickstarter. Yeah. So... It was, uh, it, it was a professional documentary, but the content was kind of throwaway. Right. Uh, sadly. I think the best one we may have watched in terms of production value and... The theory would be the JFK. I like that one a lot. I thought that one was good. Yeah, and that, that's cool because that's that's about a much lesser known theory about the the assassination. Well, yeah. JFK. David, do you want to explain to the people well, the theory it, more or less? I mean, I can. The yeah. Long and the short. It's about how a secret service agent accidentally shot JFK in the back of the head from his car. From his car, and yeah. I I like that theory a lot more. Because it's less like inside jobby, yeah. It's more like it was an accident, mm-hmm. and the cover up and was the, the cover inside up. job. Yeah, yeah. And so that's where the second shooter came from. Was he accidentally shot him after yeah. he heard the first two shots? Yeah, go off. That one's good because I really like the reenactments they did. Mm-hmm. It kind of puts you there, and they had like real experts on bullet mm-hmm. trajectory, yeah. Secret Service type stuff. Well, this is one of those documentaries that is really well done like you said because of the reenactments and the experts the people that they interview but also because first of all what it's got going for it is one of the most globally now almost accepted that it wasn't the way the government said it 
Right. Yeah. Like I read something recently where it was, you know, if you did a poll of the American people, it would be over like 50 seven. Something. It was over seventy percent of people who really? believe that he was assassinated, and it was some kind of conspiracy, some kind of cover up. It right. wasn't just and the and one shooter. yeah, I mean, I I've the first time I ever ever watched Oliver Stone's JFK with Kevin Costner in it. Have you ever seen that? No. no. That's something that we should watch. I mean, it's a great movie. It's very long. It's like three hours long or something like that, but it's a great movie. That was what first got me interested in JFK and the history of that whole side of things and the cover-ups. And, and then I watched a bunch of documentaries about it and the Smoking Gun one, the first, I didn't watch it for the first time with you. I'd seen it before, but right. watching it again, it that was one of the first times that it kind of blew the super-duper, like you said, the super-duper government cover-up theory out of the water, where it was like it was an accident. Well, I like a lot how it wasn't like a mystery, like, that's not the true story, is it? It was like, (laughs) this is what we think happened. Mm. Boom, there it is. They kind of put everything in a storyboard, like, this is what could have happened. Mm. We think that, and we're going to tell you the story. Because you get kind of frustrated watching them where they're like, is the official story true? Well, maybe not, but here's yeah. some yeah, mystery. That's, that's more like daytime like murder, yeah. <clears throat> like crappy. Yeah. The wife was in the wardrobe yeah. with yeah. a shotgun, or was it somebody else? You know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah I thought that one was... That was, yeah, it was, it was really good. well made, and it was about super... Like, we could get into the actual technical, technicalities of the conspiracy theory. Well, do you believe it? But it's... Uh, do you think that's a... Uh, if you had I to think place, it's the most believable. If you had to put ten bucks on whether or not that's the true one, or whether or not the grassy knoll, because obviously the the dude in the book depository might have shot him. Like yeah. you can't discount that. You so I'm not going to say which are you going to bet is true. But of all the conspiracy theories, do you think that's the best one surrounding JFK? I think it's the most believable. I think it is. I don't know. Part of me having watched it again the other week, wants to go back and look at some of the other theories again. Because it's, I mean, you can, it's just never-ending interesting reading about stuff. Even if you go on Wikipedia and look up assassination of, of JFK, there's so much stuff that comes up. But the fact that, that, that the Smoking Gun documentary kind of comes straight out of the gates and goes, oh, one of the biggest things that everybody says it wasn't, uh, wasn't the RV Oswald was because the, the bending bullet theory, you know, the bullet that went through his neck and then it went through the, his, uh, his wrist and then it went through the yeah. dude's rib and then it's like if you look at the path of the bullet and then it just goes, oh, well, this is actually what the layout in the car was. Yeah, and everyone it was had the, it wrong. Yeah, and everyone had, and that's huge. Like the guy in front, the seat was... Was lower. Was lower, and it was off-center. And when he cowered and turned around, like, the path of the bullet was straight. So for me, that was like, all right, well... You're smart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There you go. So well done, documentary. You've got me there. And then, yeah, going off eyewitnesses and stuff, the problem is that you're never really going to get a documentary that can be any more truthful or any more believable than that because of the fact that there's a lot of kind of crazy people out there whose stories have changed over the years. Right. Right. But I mean, for me, yeah. I mean, that was that was definitely one of the more believable things about the JFK one, and the way that that documentary was was laid out was was kind of great. And it, I mean, yeah. I think that's one of those. If you're into conspiracy theories and you want to show one to your friends, maybe yeah. that's the one you start with. Yeah, and it's yeah. not super long either, was, right? Because it's not like the government did it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the nine eleven ones, I think, are definitely the most controversial. For sure. And that's hard to talk about because it affected, you know, so many people 
well, that are still around still today. Still going on. Well, that's, yeah. look, that's going back to the TWA one that you started talking about. We never, we didn't get into. But right. Those two are really so fresh. To. The thing is that with documentaries or films about those, they're instantly scary before you press play. Right. Or they're instantly controversial or emotionally, you know, touching to you because of the fact that so many people were killed. This isn't just one person getting assassinated as as sad as that may be. It's it's the fact that so many lives were lost on this aircraft that potentially got shot down and then 9-11, you know, right. the buildings and the planes. And it's the scariest thing about that is the fact that both of these documentaries and both of these situations are outright basically saying that the US government had some kind of involvement in it. And that is the scariest part. That's why these kind of subjects are so much more exactly like you said they're controversial a lot of people yeah. don't like talking about it a lot right. of people get very patriotic as well obviously well i feel like instead of discussing just oh did was it an inside job was it not yeah just discuss the quality of the films about it because i think that's the you know most respectful way to talk yeah. about it i don't really want to get into whether or not i think 9-11 was perpetrated by the u.s government but we can talk about was loose change a good film yeah. and did it represent its theory well and was you know the new pearl harbor did it represent its theory well yeah so you know just based on that those questions i would say what did you what did you think about those two films and which do you think you know what do you think about how well they spoke their story well i mean it's been something that I've watched lots of documentaries on about specifically 9-11, like lots of times. And it was a friend back in England who actually uh, got me uh, a year, probably a year, a year or t maybe two years ago to, to watch uh, the new Pearl Harbor one, which if yeah, any listeners out there are interested in checking it out, it's in three parts, I think, on YouTube, or I think you might even be able to it's find like it in one. Parts. Um, it's a It's very it's a long. It's five-hour long yeah film. so that can that can kind of put you off but the but the fact is that if you're interested in uh and we've talked about this outside the podcast like socially as well because it's something that we do like talking about um and we share similar views on to certain degrees um if you're interested in you know the 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 facts and the fiction surrounding this event um I don't think you can get any better or more in detail. Right. If you're prepared to go through the slog and go on what to me was... It's a journey. Was Yeah, and a, a really emotional one as well. Um, because believe whatever it is that you want to believe about it. The, you know, facts are facts and um, things, you know, it's, it's a very affecting documentary and it makes you question lots and lots of things. Uh, it's probably the best five hours that I've ever spent about, on, on a subject that I've been interested in, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it to me is loose change is, what, an hour and a half? There's three edits. There's a bunch of cuts, There's right? the original cut, and yeah. then there's, like, a updated director's cut, and then they made a final cut that yeah. comes in at two hours. Which you, is the one that we watched the other night? We watched the, the night. final yeah. cut. The final cut, yeah. So there's no way that loose change can even touch the new Pearl Harbor as far as content goes. Mm -hmm. It's It's... Five hours of very educational, yeah. direct 
Whereas loose change is more of a storytelling, yeah. two hour. That's a, that's a good word to use. Educational it is it is more so. It is it is just kind of like this is a fact. Well, if you want to think about it, if you want to watch the new Pearl Harbor, and it if you are curious about the five hour long yeah time frame of it, basically how it plays out is similar to something you would watch in school, about if that was something that would get covered. It'll say. Ahead of time, there's 50 questions that we're going to ask in this documentary. Mm-hmm. And then each hour they answer maybe 10 questions. Yeah. So they say, and they're not questions that they're going to ask you the question and then tell you. They tell you all these things and then they say, question, is it possible that an airplane could do this or that? And if no, then what does that imply? Yeah. So it is very much something that you watch and you have to think, okay, does that make any sense? And how am I going to believe that or not? And they so. do, and they do a very, the, a very clever thing with that one in the respect that I recognise as we're talking about it. The least change doesn't do it. It brings in a much wider spectrum of witnesses and scientific experts, which is a really clever thing to do for that type of documentary, I think. And it is exactly how you've just described it: educational, blah blah blah. But having answer like having posed that question about you basically said it word for word then in in actual fact how how it's posed um it's clever because they do give you time to think about it but in that time you're kind of and it's not forced down your throat either it's it's well they answer the question before they ask it. yeah exactly so it's 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 five hours i mean there's gonna be points where you're bored I mean, yeah. I watched it in three sittings. Yeah. I mean, it just depends, like, how engaged in it you are. Like, I mean... But I had also seen Loose Change before. Right. And I had seen uh, all of... Basically, it was the last one I watched. Yeah. So I think that might have hurt it for me because yeah. I already had heard everything they were proposing. It was just this was a good way to summarize it all well, look, in the, one big package. What I think about about documentaries in general <clears throat> on, on conspiracy or, you know... Maybe that's not even the right word for it because at no point does Least Change or the new Pearl Harbor say it's all a conspiracy. It just goes, this is what's up, this is what isn't up. Make your mind up, kind of, but this is what's, this is what what happened. The thing that annoys me is that with Least Change, for example, they use a lot of really shit music. Right. And yeah. and the it's very mixtape. Yeah. And on some of, and some of the voice like on one cut I've seen it was a different narrator than the, original? the, than the yeah than the well final. the original mm-hmm. cut I think the guy who put it all together is right. narrating. And yeah. It, basically, it sounds like me right now. Yeah. Like question: Do you think that the Boeing seven forty seven? Yeah. So and, the the thing is that with documentaries and and across the board it applies. If you if you as a filmmaker, if if you want to. If you want to get someone who's watching your film to be, to really believe and get behind a theory, you really have to think about the way in which you construct the the film, right. because you it has to be professional, it has to be serious, there have to be facts that you can fully back up, and I think the second that you start doing slightly zany things or silly things, that's when the theory loses credibility because of the way that it's made. Well, you know what that reminds me of. Is Kurt and Courtney the one that Nick Broomfield one? Yeah, that's yeah. one more that I forgot to mention yeah. in our big list. And that one, he was making it for a BBC, mm-hmm. but as he started questioning more and more of the conspiracy side of things, BBC was like, "Tone it down, tone it down. We can't. Our investors will be mad." 
So it's kind of hard to strike that balance of a really hard-hitting conspiracy documentary and being really well-funded yeah. and well-put-together yeah. and having a music budget. Yeah. So something like Loose Change that is v- accusatory, very points the finger at the government and yeah. it says, look at this stuff. Can you believe the government did that? Funding for something like that is going to be a lot harder than something like the JFK one where it's like, maybe it was an accident. We don't really know. But that one has the music yeah. budget. It has the actors, the scientists. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of tough because it is like a fringe rogue kind of thing to make a conspiracy documentary about something in that scale. Yeah, it is. I don't see CNN ever funding Loose Change. No. Ever. But they'll fund the JFK one. Yeah. So it's like you kind of have to suspend, you have to put away your filmmaker goggles and be like, let me watch this for the... Yeah, no, for sure. That's not really... But that's the tough part about showing people. It's like if you're showing someone Loose Change that's never heard the 9-11 conspiracy theories... They're going to go, man, this guy sounds like a 19-year-old and he has his friend's mixtape as his soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. But that's all you can expect from it something is, like It that. is, but also it's not, and that's my point, is like with the serious one, for example, about the aliens, the story was fairly preposterous at times and kind of a bit crazy and a bit like, really? Really? But music was great. Yeah, and but it was they had, shot great. They had a Kickstarter. Right, exactly. But with Loose Change, it's... I'm not just singling that one out. It happens with lots of documentaries, and it and it goes back to that voiceover thing, like you were saying, about you know we had the shotgun, but or did it? You know, yeah, yeah. That that and that's when you can. That's when conspiracy theories become farcical, and that isn't what you should be trying to. That's what you should be trying to avoid as a documentary maker. I I think to me anyway, well, because I think so many conspiracy theories have so much. I mean. They're called conspiracy theories because there are facts behind them that are unexplainable or something right. like that. They all generally come from somewhere. Right. So if you want somebody to believe the sometimes unbelievable, it should be posed in a way that is sensible and at no point can be laughed at or called out for being crazy. Well, here, let's play a little guessing game. Yeah. So you watch Sirius. Mm-hmm. How much money do you think they raised for their budget? What, to make like that? Like, watching that documentary, how much do you think they spent on it? What, to make it? Yeah. In the, from Kickstarter. I'm looking at their Kickstarter. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe, what, like 200 grand? No. It was 50981 is what they raised. Really? But I'm guessing they had other funding wow. besides just Kickstarter. Yeah. But then you look at Loose Change, mm-hmm. the guy who directed it. No who, budget at all. Yeah, no budget. Yeah. It's all found footage. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's kind of tough, but... I think loose. I Plus, think, that that is pretty old now as well. Loose change is one of the older ones. Yeah, like way like two thousand. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, I mean, I'll I could be wrong. Up. But either way, I mean, it's like <clears throat> it's they are such interesting things to watch. Yeah, two thousand five loose change. So that was. Um, that's kind of crazy because it's only four years of stuff. So now there's the third edition, mm. which came out in two thousand twelve. Um, but even then, the amount of things that have been brought up about it all mm-hmm. in that that close to when it happened yeah it's crazy that he made that you know that that movie yeah so i guess that's the difference too yeah. the new pearl harbor do you know is that a bit older i or? think that's older yeah that has to be just because of the the, the length of it really older thought yeah. yeah um yeah that came out in 2013 oh wow there you go 
So, and I mean, it's it's kind of cool that it had that amount of time for the dust to settle and to perhaps get their facts a little bit straighter. Right. The thing that I love about Loose Change is just the the fact that they get so many credible, you like mean fully New Pearl Harbor, yeah, like fully, fully cre- like the airline pilots. You know that the organization, the whole group of them, yeah. yeah. Well, These, those guys were in Loose Change for a minute, weren't they? They maybe there was like one guy or maybe two, but it's just it's that extra element of detail, you know, and. That having that kind of witness and that that kind of testimony in any kind of documentary about any kind of subject, where it's it's, you know, they've got airline pilots who are who are currently right now as we record this still flying for airlines right now. Right. And these, the these architects. Yeah, these aren't crazy yeah. people who have come in and and said no, could, it couldn't have been that plane. Blah blah blah. I'm crazy. I used to fly crop dusters. These are <laughs> yeah. th- these are the kind of I witness. inhaled too much of yeah. the. The pesticides. pesticides. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> these are people who, these are architects who are still building buildings. They are yeah, people yeah. who are still taking care of, in charge of the safety of lives flying around us right now. And they're people who are brave enough to come out and talk about things in a documentary, in an unofficial documentary about what they believe about something. And that is what always makes a good documentary. That's why the TWA one's really good as well, because that is, that's pride. And I think that was even, that was actually financed by like CNN or something like that. Yeah, I mean, that one was really well put together. Really well put together, really well shot. And it, again, it's like so much time goes by after something like that happens where people get a chance to put their facts straight and, you know, get it down and maybe... this That's the problem with all the conspiracy documentaries and such like because there's still always a question mark after them. And right. That's why they are theories because there's no proof. So. Well, the one, Kurt and Courtney, yeah. that, that we had seen... That one to me was really interesting because the dude didn't even want to make one about Kurt being murdered by Courtney mm-hmm. as an option. Yeah. But the thing is, as his filming went on, because basically, if you haven't seen that one, it's about a documentary filmmaker for the BBC comes to America, goes to Aberdeen in Seattle, and is interviewing friends of Kurt and Courtney and just trying to piece together like the story of their relationship. Mm-hmm. But every single person that he talks to insists that she did it. Yeah. Basically. So it, And this was in uh the mid nineties as well. So this was only was a fresh. few years after Kurt Cobain killed himself or yeah, know, supposedly or whatever. But um so that's yeah, and he was and Nick Broomfield, the guy who did that, has made a ton of documentaries, like right. proper, proper serious stuff, all really, really good. But and that like one said, is very... Um, it was weird because it twisted and he talks about how making the movie changed in well, it. Well, it's because he basically is going to talk to a certain list of people, but he ends up having to interview more and more people that he gets told, like, oh, talk to this guy because Courtney Love did this and said this and talked to her ex before Kurt... Yeah, and it's this really just strange ride of like, you really start to wonder, is it true that Kurt killed himself? Not because they bring up it really any evidence. There's mm. no evidence in the movie like oh the heroin and the shotgun yeah. and this. They don't talk about that at all. It's just you really question it because all their friends yeah. are like there is no way that she didn't do it, and so the people that are that close to it are the ones that are telling you that. The filmmaker doesn't even really have an opinion. It mm. seems either way. So that one to me is worth watching just on the fact that it's so strange. It's just, yeah, it's really cool to watch as a, as a documentary in general because of the way that it was made. Like, if you think about it, he, he could have taken all that footage and taken it back and just been like, oh, well, I've got to re-edit this. But instead he went, oh, you know what, I'm going to do a voiceover 
and show the fact that people are pulling all the funding. So he's he films it, doesn't he, when he's on the phone yeah. with somebody from the BBC and somebody from some channel in America basically saying, yeah, this isn't the it's kind of thing we want to be doing anymore because we've heard what you're talking to people about and we don't want to pay for it anymore. So that's interesting. Yeah, and he goes and meets Courtney, Yeah, talks to her under like the guise of just being from the BBC, right? But he doesn't yeah. really say what he's filming. And then he confronts her. Is that is he the one that stands up at the award? He stands up at the awards. That so was it, crazy. It was crazy, but also he basically well, he's gets convinced that she did it. More no, or less. He, no, not convinced, it's, but it's he questions really, it. It's it's about how she had, she had threatened uh, called death threats to a bunch of journalists and reporters who were basically oh. saying that she was uh, the reason that either a Kurt Cobain killed himself or b was killed. Cool. Uh, and it was all because of her and it's his fault and that, you know, some people are saying he was going to divorce her and he was going to leave, she wouldn't have got any of the money and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because he didn't want to confront her and say, did you kill Kurt Cobain? The documentary kind of changes into about how is she, how is she, you know, a good role model for... People. People. in Yeah. <laughs> and how she basically tries to cover up all the bad parts of her career. Yeah, exactly. By threatening the press to not talk about yeah. it anymore. Doesn't her own dad think she did it? Yeah. 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 Well, no. Her own dad put out a book called Who Killed Kurt Cobain. He never said she did it, but he said there's no way Kurt did it, yeah. which I feel like is a roundabout way of saying she did it. Yeah. And then the That's conclusion crazy. of that documentary is basically she's like a guest a guest speaker at some award ceremony which is to do with freedom of speech in the press. So mm. Nick Broomfield's there and he kind of crashes the stage and goes, I just want to, like, in front of this room full of people and her and just says, basically, I can't believe, he says, I find I it can't really... can't believe you got this award. I, it's really ironic that you're allowing Courtney Love to be here considering <laughs> she's done all this stuff to the press, blah, 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 and then he kind of gets dragged off stage and then... Wow. That's kind of how it finishes. So he, it doesn't finish by him saying... Yeah, he doesn't say she did it. Anything about any conspiracy, really. He just really. says she's yeah. whack. It's just a documentary a about their... Person. More or less about their relationship. That's that's kind of, and then you you kind of get thinking about a couple of things along the way, but it's not, not really super conspiracy. Yeah, but no, not really. But interesting, really good documentary to watch. Yeah, so that was one that I thought was pretty good. Um, another one that I thought was great that also has to do with the potential death of a music star is Paul McCartney really dead, or is it Paul McCartney really is dead? Is what it's called. Yes, and that is probably in my top ten documentaries of all time it's great so lloyd do you want to go ahead and sum up this <laughs> one for the list this <laughs> what is the uh, air quotes air quotes documentary the will and testament of george harrison is the biggest <laughs> pile of garbage i've ever seen <laughs> i like trying it. to cut co- right david what do you think about his, it? i thought it was great yeah right so here's the backstory i not long after meeting these two kids these crazy wild-eyed fools who I now call my friends, are saying, oh, there's this documentary about how Paul McCartney's actually dead. He died in a car crash in 1966, and they got a lookalike to to be him, and that's who he is right now. And that was because so the I'm, government wanted to cover up right, his so death. So I'm thinking, you know, wow, this, I mean, I, 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 I want to watch this documentary, brilliant. So months go by and you're still talking. You got to borrow that documentary. I'm thinking, yeah. I, every time you bring I bought it up, a DVD of it, you so bought you the DVD. All right, I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna. They pulled this. it from this Netflix. You know who pulled it from Netflix? 
Maxwell. Maxwell. Then one of then one of the one day comes by and and you mention it again. And I said, oh right, yeah. So I decide to Wikipedia this air quotes documentary. Rocky, and what and what do it, I find? What do I find that it is a joke? No. Yes, <laughs> it is a confirmed uh, faked piece of crap okay. by the makers. Let me clear it up. For the they listeners. confirm that there are elements of the story which are true. True, and I do not, I do not argue that at all. There's lots of actual facts in there about what could or could not have happened to Paul McCartney. Is- but the problem is that this entire documentary is basically, sorry, air quotes documentary because it's a piece of shit. Is um, there a better one out there about Paul McCartney? If there is, somebody tell me. I'll I don't watch believe it. That there but is. anyway, my point is that. It tries to sell itself on its biggest <laughs> selling point, which is that the filmmakers received a mysterious package. Mysterious package. <laughs> it's crazy. Of audio recordings of the last will and testament of George Harrison before he died in the hospital. In the hospital from a tape machine. And the best part of this is that from the very get-go, essentially, you've got George Harrison narrating the entire story. So it- they press play on the tape recorders. <laughs> And straight away... Hello, I'm George Harrison from the Beatles. the worst impression of George Harrison I've ever heard. It's yeah, because it's, it's not an impression. With, it's, it, it's George Harrison. <laughs> and I couldn't... Being from England myself, I'm very familiar with a Liverpudlian accent. And even I was thinking, I could do a better one than this. This has to be an American doing a George Harrison impression. So basically, the, the so tapes basically, are not a real... They didn't right. exist. Okay. But the point is, the but tapes the po- are a vehicle for the story. Hang on, hang on. Yes, they are, but I was very disappointed when I found out. Sorry to hear that. Because this is what I'm trying to say, right? This could be a, a documentary, documentary that's really good. And I, I wasn't even thinking about this Paul McCartney one when I said earlier that it's funny how... When I want a documentary to sell something to me, it needs to be serious. It needs to be factual. There are facts and stuff in Oh, Paul is Dead that are true. The whole thing is facts except for the tape. Yeah. So, so if the, you're saying yeah. if the Joel Gilbert, the director of the DVD, yeah. just narrated it as himself Correct. and said, hey, I'm Joel Gilbert These from are, Route 66 Productions, yeah. and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell, tell you, you, about, you about Paul McCartney. The fact is that they, they try and put a, a bow around this little gift. Yeah. Of basic, <laughs> by basically saying this is cool because this is George Harrison actually telling you it it's us. like a spooky ghost down. story yeah yeah, it is it would of, be scary if it wasn't for the guy going spooky ghost so even even knowing that going into watching it <laughs> it was still pretty awful <sighs> cheesy I, it was cheesy and the first it, time I watched it I should have gone tongue it was creepy sure. I mean did you think that it was real though the thing is the first time I watched it, I had no idea what to expect. So it's just even now I'm thinking about <laughs> it, like that voiceover. It was a fake mustache. Like it the, was a fake. But some of the mus- stuff is kind of creepy. I mean, the it's, pictures of Paul 
from before and after 1966. Yeah, the, this Different is the dude. thing. This is the really, really accurate the side backwards of it. Yeah. mumbling, the, and you play it forwards, and it is, says. But like, it's the fact that you've got <laughs> that you've got. Even now, if you check out the pictures of Paul from before and after, <laughs> you can see what we were told to do and all that. It's Especially like, me, George Harrison, the guy me. on this tape yeah. right now. That's exactly what he sounds no, like. No, I know, but here's the thing. If you watch it, I'm speaking from my deathbed. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, <laughs> why'd you never do that voice until now? That's really good. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Um, but okay, remove. Okay, forget the tape. Yeah, the fake George Harrison yes. death tape. Yes, and just go for the story that George yeah. told. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. Interesting. Worth Somebody checking out. Please make. A real documentary about it. And I, I just looked. Paul McCartney really is dead. Is the only one. Are you serious? Yeah. No. There's some like four minute ones on YouTube that just talk about each little. Yeah. Detail, but there's no like. But there's depth. not a depth. There, I'll tell, it's there, the most in depth one I've ever there seen. There are some really interesting things in there. Obviously. Well, the thing is, once you get past it, I'm thinking. Oh wow, that's like you know the artwork yeah. of Sergeant Peppers and and all that. Here kind of lies stuff. Paul. Yeah. PBIs. There's some stuff that's kind. Abbey Road. The thing is, yeah. I feel like if I wanted to, I could use my BS filter mm -hmm. and make like a new documentary out of everything I've seen and cut out the obvious joke. Yeah. E like he be ice is not a clue. No, exactly. But here lies Paul. Yeah, is a clue. Yeah. So like, take out you know the ten twenty percent that are just so stupid. Uh, well, maybe like, one or up thirty percentage. Thirty percent. Okay, thirty percent of the things are some just of the overdoing. some of the reasoning was kind of dumb, like rubber rubber soul. Yeah. It's like oh, we wanted to name it Rubber Paul. Well, the best he was dead. <laughs> exactly. The best piece of of evidence I've seen about the whole thing, and basically, to sum it up, because no one has yet. Paul McCartney was leaving the studio in 1966, got in a car crash, passed away. The government, like the police found him. They said, look, Beatlemania is in full swing. If Paul McCartney dies, the amount of people that will commit suicide is going to turn it from a tragedy into a yeah. catastrophe. Yeah. And there is evidence that stuff like that has happened. Like Absolutely. when Michael Jackson passed away, even though it was in like, what, 2009 or something, mm -hmm. he hadn't even been a star for a long time. Yeah. Three people committed suicide that day. Well, Kurt Cobain as well. said that. Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like, they've already, got, at this point, yeah. I'm like, the document, <laughs> you know. So, so uh, they, like, it's got me. Okay, yeah. this is believable. So this is Paul absolutely died. true. Paul died in 1966. The government said, hey, the Beatles, look, you guys are too famous for someone to die. People will kill themselves. Mm -hmm. What you need to do is we're going to find a lookalike. We're going to give him plastic surgery. We're going to give him music lessons. He's going to join the Beatles. You guys stay in the studio. Don't tour for a while until this other Paul can join your band. Don't screw this up. And Maxwell is the agent from MI5 that is assigned. <laughs> Maxwell. Maxwell. <laughs> that is assigned to this. Sometimes group. the guy says Moxwell. Yeah. And other times he's Maxwell. He well, says Moxwell. Moxwell. So basically. No one from Liverpool, but for FYI, <laughs> says Moxwell. Let me, let me get it out and then we can tear it apart. <laughs> yeah, all right. So they say, keep this lookalike going and and then just let it, let's, let it be. You know what I mean? And so they say, okay, cool, but they but they feel bad, and they cite a book called The Open Boat, where in that book, 
four guys go out to sea. One of them dies. But when they get back, they say he's still alive, but he like lives where they went because mm-hmm. they don't want anyone to be sad about it. But then the three guys that agreed to cover up the one guy's death start writing poetry with clues to tell people that the guy was dead. Mm-hmm. So using that as inspiration, John Lennon and the rest of the Beatles use their album artwork, their lyrics, their music to give clues that Paul is dead because they feel bad, but they know they can't admit it. And the movie goes through all the clues and tells you that. Yeah. And then it talks about how John Lennon was killed because he called up all the other Beatles and said he was going public with the story. And that's why he was shot. And then later on, George Harrison was stabbed in his house by a guy who broke in. And they said that's because he was going to go public as well. And Ringo clearly knew better. (laughs) (laughs) Maxwell kept him in line. Maxwell kept Ringo in line. So they use album artwork, clues, all kinds of weird lyrics. Uh, They play some music in reverse. But I think the best evidence I've seen is they were calling him Fall when they were around themselves, as short for fake Paul, just kind of as a joke. And there's an interview with George Harrison in, it's like the 80s or 90s, maybe even 2000s. It's fairly recent. They're talking about the Beatles reunion that was supposed to happen at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Paul didn't go, and he calls him Fall in that interview Mm -hmm. twice. Yeah. They barely touched on that in the document. Did they even show it? Yeah, Yeah, they they did. They did show it, yeah. But they didn't even show the whole thing. He calls him Fall two times. Yeah. I would have put that in more i would have talked about it he go he literally is like well it was a good day at the reunion you know uh, we didn't even notice fall wasn't there like it was a great day yeah. it's like he just called him fall <laughs> twice that the beetle himself robo pole robo pole here's my thing with the conspiracy theory and that is that it is believable up to a certain point yes it is believable up to this up to the point where the reasons of why they might have had to cover up his death and that's it. There is nothing, not like anything to do with John Lennon uh, being killed was is bullshit. Nothing to do with it, even if it was true. Started dating Yoko Ono. Yeah. Okay. And but- George Harrison being stabbed by the crazy fan. Obviously, nothing to like. At this point in time, uh, no one was killing themselves. The Be- the Beatles had already broken up. Right. So there's no reason that even if anyone wanted to go public about it. There's no Public. reason why anyone, yeah, Muxwell. why anyone would be then putting a it's hit out on It's because they didn't want MI5 to look bad. Ugh, but I everyone mean, would have understood. This is the. This no, is the I don't you, think so. no one wants to admit know. that they're wrong. Yeah, but the it's thing the same is, thing about JFK to suggest that John, John, like that. That's the thing. It's like to think that Paul McCartney was the death was covered <laughs> up is believable. Is believable because okay, but at that time too. The, and the clues, and the clues ab- yeah, are abs- all believable. Except some of the clues for some are of believable. Some of the some clues. Some of the ones pointed out in the movie are ridiculous. Yeah. Some of the clues are true. So separate. It finishes any type of reality check. Like it comes to John Lennon being killed and John uh, George Harrison dying as well. All yeah, but stabbed. that's what I'm saying. If yeah. I made my own yeah. movie about you, get this, rid of all that shit. I get rid and of just leave it there. All yeah. the dumb stuff. Yeah, and I would make it. Just the clues, because another thing the documentary touches on, but I feel like they could have done more of, mm. is in, what, 1970-something, a radio host... Figured it out. Figured out all the clues. Oh, yeah, And I went public that. with it, yeah. and was like, I'm going to be fired, but I'm going to tell you uh, my story. Yeah, that wasn't very in-depth. They didn't even mention the one that we watched. 
yeah, recently. They only mentioned one. There was two big radio hosts mm-hmm. that went public with the fact that Paul McCartney was dead. And one of them was like a big time ABC radio host. The other was like a lawyer that just went on the radio to talk about it. They didn't even talk about the ABC guy. Mm. Well, they but, said it was like a college class that figured it out and brought it to him. Yeah. So, I mean, they the fact that out. people were putting these clues together just a few years after, yeah. you you can't really say, oh, there's no reason to keep it still covered up. Of course there is. No, I mean, like, in the 80s and well after the Beatles had broken up. That's my point. Yeah, but no one wants to admit. That's true, but it's just a bit silly. And that's kind of, like, the thing. Anyway, like... I've, I get the impression that you just wanted to do a conspiracy podcast just to just to share your feelings about uh, no. Paul McCartney being actually no, dead. No, I like all these. No, no, you it's do, definitely yeah. one of my favorite yeah. ones. <laughs> it's probably the... Th- <laughs> it's definitely it's the most funny. quotable. It's Uh-oh. really funny. It's funny, yeah. We've been quoting it for, what, f- four years now? Yeah. I mean, it's the theory funny. is very interesting. The theory is totally interesting, but as a documentary... What happened to the winner of the Paul McCartney lookalike contest in 1966? William Campbell? Well... There was no winner. There. And he became the new Paul McCartney. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's w- good. William Campbell. It's a good theory. So <laughs> that's kind of, I guess, that's the main ones we watched. I mean, yeah, I guess it. Like, it would be cool to talk about movies based on them as well. Like, I'm gonna make sure that we all sit down and watch JFK at some point because it's crazy good movie. It's not yeah. only is it a really good movie, it's it's actually interesting as well. So what? And other you, things like that, you know. Well, what would you say of all the ones we watched? Yeah. Which is the... You're going to tell all our listeners, go watch this one. Um, I want to hear from everybody, too, on this one. You know what? It's 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 kind of... It's too hard. I, I, I mean, it depends what you're into. Paul McCartney really is, too. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> Thanks, it, depe- it depends no, what you're into. If you're, if you're interested in finding out a bit more of the in, insane concepts about 9-11 uh, that may or may not have truth to them, then I would say... The new Pearl Harbor? The new Pearl Harbor. It's some of the best informative stuff you could possibly ever watch. And if you... And then probably Smoking Gun, JFK, just just to kind of... Because, you know, that happens such a long time ago and it's just an interesting thing to refresh yeah. on and a new perspective of it. Probably, I mean, with any of these things, the reason that you watch a documentary about it is because you go, oh, that's that could be interesting because that's something that I would like to find more out about. So, I think the one you skip is serious. Yeah, It was I mean, kind of disappointing. It was, yeah. They barely touched on any of the stuff that I had hoped they would. Um, the person that recommended it to me mentioned the 9-11 stuff and how that... Like that, but the, they mentioned nine eleven for about ten seconds mm. in serious. They basically they had a press conference planned to talk about the alien thing, but it was on like September twelfth. Right, that's it. So, yeah. but yeah. other than that, there was not really a lot about the cover up, which I was hoping yeah. to see more of that. I think it's safe to say that after watching that serious one, more than anything, I was thinking, okay, now let's watch a good documentary about aliens. <laughs> well, know. America's Book of Secrets. Yeah, um, it's like a history it's channel. It's a history channel. That's on Netflix, right? It is. Yeah, it's, I think it's a TV series. It is a TV series. Um, there's three seasons on Netflix. Yeah. Um, is that good? It not? is good. Some of them are. We, watch, we skipped around to just see what we Aren't thought was some of those exactly what we were talking about, where it's like, this day in 1939. They, they are Season that. three kind of gets like that Season when they run out of silly. ideas. Right, yeah. But there was one about the pr- super high... Uh, security prisons right yeah basically how america has secret prisons yeah 
you should watch that. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Um, it's about how basically under a lot of government buildings. Look, I'll, I'll watch anything about conspiracies because, like, they're just so fascinating. Right. Like, there's just so much, so many things about them that you can believe or not believe, and they're just they're uh, more nine times out of ten they're more fun depending on what the subject is. Obviously, some of them are right. horrifically depressing, but. Um, yeah. Like they're f- like some of the the more lighthearted stuff is super fun to like think about, and also yeah, they're scary as well because, I mean, there's anything to do with the government. I'm kind of like well, the implications yeah, are huge for I some mean, of these. Yeah. Is. I mean, the secret prisons thing is crazy. It talks about like underneath all the all these government buildings, they basically have basement prisons, mm. and they'll detain people for the weirdest things. There was one guy specifically that got detained. Um, because he was in line to be deported, but he was an American citizen, citizen only. Mm. And he, I guess they had it confused somehow with um, someone that was actually meant to be deported. And he spent like 100 days in this underground cell under some government building in D.C. or something or that no one knew about. It's like in Texas or, or yeah. California. Probably. It was That's crazy. really not hard to believe at all there, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, but it was just like, how are we treating these people? Yeah. Like. They put him in a room. They put him in a room yeah. and no. gave him a grilled cheese and are like, here you go. It's There's not no, even the right guy. No showers. Hmm, I'll take a grilled cheese. just like a public restroom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a waiting room. Yeah. It wasn't like a built prison. Yeah. It was like a secret prison yeah. that they just had yeah. just in case anyone needed. That, I mean, you it's can just tell me that and I'll be like, yeah, I believe that. That's not even right. Well, like uh, Barack Obama this week was talking about uh, prison reform, how basically America's 5% Oh, the world's population, but it holds like twenty-five percent of the world's inmates. Mm. Yeah, so we're definitely the most. It's like the most incarcerated country. country. Yeah, and so there's a lot of conspiracies about that. Uh, privately owned prisons. They were talking about that mm-hmm. in America's Book of Secrets. Yeah, basically we'll how they don't out. rehabilitate. Yeah, the prisoners. They kind of want them to come back. Yeah, because this makes money. They in get it. paid yeah. for yep. it. Lots of money in it. So, so yeah. aside from that, then, which is good to know. So check out America's Book of Secrets. Yeah, will they? They're nice, easy chunks. Yeah, it's 30 minutes at a time, 40 minutes at a time. What do you think then about about the rest of the list? I think the one to watch, ah, that's tough. Um, I think Loose Change is the one that got me into it all. Mm. So I would say if you're looking for like a primer, just like a very easily digestible hour and 20 minute kind of get into it but also it's going to affect you that that's why i was kind of saying about jfk right. as well like if you're ready to if you don't really know much about some of the ideas about 9-11 and you want to f- i mean it's t- just be prepared yeah really because that shit rocks your like t- it's a weird day yeah it's it's really it's it's some scary ideas it makes that you want to buy about. a taser or something uh yeah, whereas, you know, if you want a bit more lighthearted but well-made thing, I mean, that's what I was saying about smoking gun, because at least you can remove yourself yeah, detached was in the from it a little bit. You well, know. You're not scared of the government at the end of smoking, smoking gun. gun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, it's all different guys it's just now. Like, yeah. All those guys are dead. Well, yeah. But it's just Except like, well, we forgot. Yeah. We messed up, and we just didn't want to yeah talk about it. And Maybe that's why smoking we covered gun's it up. number yeah. one. But that's my number one. But it's a lot less creepy. Mm-hmm. And I feel like some people like the creepy factor. Yeah. So if you are into like a, a little more historical than Smoking Gun, but if not, maybe Loose Change mm-hmm. is that one. Because for me, that was the one that got me into the conspiracy genre. And it is 
I guess age probably has to do with it too. When I first watched Lose Change, I was what, 17, mm-hmm. 18, and it was really like I didn't I wasn't put off by the the kind of cheesy music and the young voiceover because that was his age. Yeah. But that's a good one. Um Serious, I would skip. Um Kurt and Courtney, I liked. Uh not much of a conspiracy to it, but definitely worth watching. If if you're on a conspiracy kick, maybe add that one to the tail. And if you're after a bit of nostalgia at this point as well, it's very, very nineties. Well it's shot on tape. Yeah. There's a he's got like a handy cam. Yeah. It's just very it's very accurate. Yeah. Like in terms of that. And I feel like the TWA eight hundred will kind of be overlooked because it is kind of middle of the pack. It shouldn't be though. Yeah, I wanted to give kind of like a mention to that one. I mean, I, I'm fascinated by anything to do with plane crashes, primarily because I used to be really scared of flying, and by learning about them, it kind of helps you not be. Right. Um, but uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe not maybe that not. one. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's helps you be scared. <laughs> It's really well made. It's really sad as well, obviously. Because that one's a bummer because the families of all yeah. the people are a big part of it. Yeah. Um, the There's really no upsides of no. it. Like, if you watch that one, it's like either this plane exploded and it was a random occurrence and it was really sad. Yeah. Or it got shot down by some missile defense system that went off on accident. Or, or worse. Yeah. Like... The the most, like, the official story sucks. Yeah. The most out there conspiracy where it got shot down on purpose sucks. Yeah. And the kind of middle ground where it was like a missile defense system yeah, that maybe went off on accident yeah. also sucks. Yeah. So basically. that one is just, it's probably the most just somber. Yeah. Because it's not like, screw the government. Loose change is very accusatory. So Correct. I mean, that's... There's just different strokes for different folks. But yeah. I think all the ones we covered are worth watching besides Serious. Yeah. Um, that was hard to take Funny seriously. <laughs> but <laughs> other than that, um, I think we kind of have touched on all of it, right? And then Paul McCartney is really dead. I if think- you're after a bit of a laugh or if you want to get a little bit uh, creepy and turn the lights off. I think if you really want to learn about the... F- the theory, yeah, but then you got it. You got to learn about one. the theory. Read about it. Don't watch that documentary. And then you could watch the yeah. Read about it first. It. Yeah, yeah. It's because then you can kind of see what you read about in front of your face. Yeah, in a visual aspect. Yeah. Watch that one with your friends. It's very funny, quotable yeah. in a yeah. weird kind of way. Like the fake um, the the fake George Harrison uh, voiceover says a lot of absurd yeah. <laughs> phrases. Yeah, it, like. Uh, that the someone one that, from Liverpool would never the ever The one do. that stood out to me is um, they were talking about doing the cover-up. He was like, oh, we'll cover it up with a lookalike and no one will be the wiser. <laughs> like that f- phrase, you know, yeah. we always quoted that or uh, just all those. It's very quotable, funny movie. He be ice. He be ice. We have tons. I yeah. Mean, yeah, there's tons. But just keep just keep slipping him in in future He was episodes. so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> he was he so was such st- an idiot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a good quotable. Just let it just watch be. it. Um, you might not be able to find a copy of it online, but it is on Amazon for like fifteen bucks. Really, fifteen bucks? Don't pay fifteen bucks for it. You could rent it on iTunes, I think. Yeah, for like four. It's really not on YouTube. No streaming. Wow. It, maybe I'll upload it. Yeah. It depends <laughs> on how, should, yeah. how crafty you are on the internet. So um, there you go. Right. Yeah. So I mean, 
if you're uh, we've talked about this for a little while now and and to be honest like anybody got any suggestions for stuff that we please should please tweet us yeah because i mean we'll watch them all super interesting yeah um, our twitter by the way is uh fourth wall filmcast with a four so four th wall filmcast yeah make sure um, you tweet us all your favorite conspiracies um if you have an opinion on any of the ones we talked about yeah let us know um, if the government did it or not because that's what they're all about basically but more or less yeah yeah um, so and uh next week uh nick floyd will be back yes and we will welcome uh, him with open arms we're gonna hopefully go watch uh mission impossible uh, looking forward to that, the new Ho- one. Hopefully and Nick will be back so we can watch it with him. Yes, indeed. And what else is out this week? Do we know? Yes, um, something else. I'd, something I'm else. kind of interested in Paper Towns in a weird... Like, I'm interested in it too just because of the hype. Yeah. That it is yeah, okay. It's like it. the next... Um, what was the one that the same guy wrote? Our Fault in the Stars yeah, or something? Yeah, I didn't yeah. see that, but I was very interested. I mean, the trailer looks fun enough, and the fact that it some of it was filmed here in Orlando—it's kind of mystery. Yeah, it's like teeny hippie-ish type stuff. I mean, it's going to be better than Trainwreck, I hope. But well, yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you, David, for sitting in in place yes, of Nick. Th- thank you for having me. Yeah. Oh, we can. And you're back in the booth next time. Yes. Or maybe not, if <laughs> Nick ever comes back. Maybe that's a conspiracy in itself. Ooh. Um, maybe Maxwell goes. got him. Yeah, Maxwell. <laughs> and uh, no so, yeah. one will be the wiser. <laughs> Join us uh, next time and uh, we'll be talking some more. Fun, we'll get a cool next sound stuff. alike. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much thank for you. listening. Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs>